Hello, and welcome to the One Church podcast. This message was recorded for our online service. We're not meeting at our church buildings at the moment, so tune in live this Sunday for our next online service by going to weareone.church or finding us on Facebook. excited this morning to be able to uh, share part three of this, our series called Unstoppable. We're learning about how we get to play our part in the uncontainable, borderless, boundless, unstoppable kingdom of God. And that is amazing that we get to be a part of this. We're learning that actually the church that we belong to is the church that sat right in front of us. The church that is on our streets, the church that's in our homes, the church that's in our workplaces. That is our church and we're learning that when we use a few mustard seed moments and we throw them out and see what God's going to do with them, we know that the world is never going to be the same. God chooses to use you and I in this incredible, unstoppable kingdom of God. If you've got your Bibles ready this morning, we're going to read from Romans 12 verses um, 9 to 21. And we're going to skip a little bit in there as well, so don't Forgive me when we get to that point and you're like, I'm really confused about what's happening right now. Here we go from verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Skip down. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. What the world needs more than anything right now is unstoppable love. Am I right? A love that will not be overcome by evil, but will overcome evil by doing good. And in case you've forgotten that today, in case you've misplaced that truth today, I need you to know that love is always the answer. Jesus is always the answer. He is love. He is an unstoppable love for us today. And uh, to help us get our head around uh, what it means to be an unstoppable love, to be unst- have this unstoppable love and be this unstoppable love, I want to paint a picture today and I want you to come with me as we paint this picture of your favourite restaurant and you're sat there and uh, today we're going to serve up to you a dish called love. And my sister, she has this amazing and incredible ability to be able to go into a restaurant, any restaurant, scan through any menu, the most amazing menu you've ever seen or like the worst menu you've ever seen. And she can scroll through that menu and no matter what's on the menu, she will be able to pick the one thing on that menu that she didn't really want. I don't know what it is, but she she manages to walk into restaurants time and time again and she picks the one thing on the menu that she doesn't really want. The food comes out and everybody's looking over at each other's plates and she takes one look at her plate, takes a little mouthful and she's like, oh, I didn't really think this was what I had ordered. 
I didn't think this was what I had ordered. When it comes to a dish called unstoppable love, when it comes to this dish called love, so many times we can find ourselves, when it comes to our table, going, ah, I'm not sure that's exactly what I ordered. I'm not sure this is the thing that I thought I was ordering. But we have a decision to make when this dish comes to our table of whether or not we're going to choose to trust the chef. Let me explain this a little bit uh, further as you come with me to the table. Have you ever been uh, to a restaurant where, uh, you know, a beautiful restaurant with like a really maybe a famous chef, an incredible chef, and uh, who has put lots of time and energy and effort into making sure the balance of the flavours on that plate are perfect? And the, te- the plates come to the table and everyone's really excited uh, for their food. And then there's that one person that has come with you that before they've even tasted their food, they reach for the salt and pepper and they start dousing their plate with salt and pepper. Am I the only one that is offended by this? Hey, you need to name and shame in the comments right now. If you have uh, somebody, a brother-in-law, a sister-in-law who puts ketchup on their roast dinner, I mean, what the heck is that about? But we've all been there, haven't we? Where somebody thinks, hey, this, there's no way the chef's got it right. The balance is going to be all off. I better add my own condiments. And you know, a dish called love, as Roman puts it right at the very beginning, it says this, is a sincere love. It's a pure love. It's authentic. It's real. It's a sincere love. And, and the, this dish called love that, uh, that Jesus has prepared for you, that God has prepared for you, has been perfectly balanced and perfectly flavoured. But the trouble is, is we, we live from the moment we take our first breath, we learn layer by layer how we think we should be loved. Whether it's uh, from the way your parents express love to you or uh, how you overhear other people expressing uh, the way that they love people. From the painful moments and the joyful moments. All of these things inform us on how we expect to experience love. All these things, layer by layer, from very small age, you start to learn and start to understand, this is how I can expect to experience love. But the truth is this, we've put the salt shaker up, we've picked the salt shaker up and started adding things to our plate because of the way that we've experienced painful relationships. We start to pick up the salt shaker, we reach for the salt shaker because we expect him to walk out on us like our dad did. We pick up the salt shaker because we're used to people being less than interested in us. We pick up the salt shaker because the world has taught us that we have to earn love and we have to conform to a certain pattern in order to experience that love. But I've got great news for you today because Jesus also layer by layer, perfect love that casts out all fear starts to help us to take layer and layer and remove it from what we've experienced before. Because the salt shaker, it's like a, it's the metaphor for how we pick up these fear-based habits on how we expect to experience love. And we pick these things up and we start adding them to our plate to protect us. Adding them to our plate to try and get the flavour that you thought you wanted into your plate when all along God desires for you a sincere love, a pure love. And that's when we have to choose to trust the chef. (laughs) 
We have to choose to trust the balance of the flavour that's on the plate and ask this perfect love that casts out all fear to help us put the salt shaker down. Hmm. And as you're uh, sitting at your table and you're just getting used to this uh, condiment-free world, uh, somebody, you, you look up and you realise you're actually, you're not sat on your own, you're sat at a table with a whole bunch of other people. You're sat at the table with a whole bunch of other people and then one of those people leans over with their fork. Get ready. This is deep. This is big. They lean over with their fork and they start to pick at your food. I mean, come on, that t- that, more reaction please in the room. That's serious. We're talking about serious stuff right now. They lean over and they start to take stuff from your plate. And you just, with the look of horror on your face, you pick up your fork and you start to attack their fork. And you have this sort of like cutlery standoff as you're like, get away from my plate. I, I have been there. Is it just me? I, get, I have got the nickname Two Dinners Daniels because I've been known to have two dinners at, at that time of day. But anyway, and, um, but it's horrifying, isn't it? But the, then the waiter leans over as he sees this um, confusion that is coming across your face and the waiter leans over and says, it's okay, it's a sharing platter. Because a, a dish called love isn't just something that we receive, it's something that we share. A dish called love is a sharing platter. It's a sharing platter. It says it right there in verse 10, it says, be devoted to one another in love. Being devoted to one another in love means that there is some uh, outside involvement. (laughs) There is some interaction that takes place and we have to interact with the people in our world. And the truth is this, just like you and I, the people in your world are broken too. They've been reaching for the salt shaker too. The people in your world have, have different ways of doing things. And we, when we bump and we scrape with people, the truth is it can hurt sometimes. In order for us to be an unstoppable love, we have to share this dish called love. And when we share this dish called love, there is going to be outside involvement. People are going to be picking up and enjoying the sharing platter with you. And it's hard, isn't it? But the truth is this. A dish called love comes with a bottomless side called forgiveness. You see, for this sharing platter to work, for us to have a a, a plate, a dish called love, we have to understand that actually this has to come with sides. And the great news is it does come with sides. It comes with a bottomless side called forgiveness. Uh, uh, Peter comes to Jesus in Matthew 18 and he says, hey, Jesus, how many times am I supposed to forgive someone? How many times am I supposed to forgive someone? And Jesus tells this absolute banger of a story and you can go away and read it later. And it basically explains this. You can't out forgive God. So if God has forgiven you, let me tell you, you have to forgive. (laughs) You are able to forgive. It releases you to be able to forgive. How amazing is that? We better get our head around the fact that we need this bottomless side called forgiveness. Because a dish called love only comes as a sharing platter. Love is only something you can give as far as you're willing to forgive. The food on your plate, on a dish called love, will stay there. 
and it will start to grow cold because a sharing platter is supposed to be shared. But a love is only something that you can give as far as you're willing to forgive. And I, I just need to put a side note in here because we all have different experiences in life and some of the things that I've had to forgive are probably uh, not as hard as some of the things that you've had to forgive perhaps. And that can make this, this idea of forgiveness a really confronting thing. But, uh, you know, I want you to know today, this does not mean that you let people walk all over you. You must set dining table etiquette. <laughs> You must set dining table etiquette. And that's another message for a whole other day. But boundaries are different to walls. Don't put walls up that mean you can't join in here. But you can set the rules to say, hey, this is how you approach the plate. Side note. Uh, suddenly, as you're sat at this table, as you're enjoying the meal and you're just getting comfortable with the fact that this is a sharing platter, you're work, you've worked out that it's okay, this bowl never runs out of uh, the side called forgiveness and you're just starting to get used to things and then suddenly the waiter begins to seat more people at your table. You look up and, and you look and you realise, I do know these people but I definitely haven't invited them to dinner with me. <laughs> you realise that the waiter has seated Mr. Bad News at your table. You realise that the, the waiter has um, sat down the, that couple who seem to be able to have children uh, really easily and you're still waiting for your miracle. Uh, you realise that the people that are now being sat at your table is that colleague at work that keeps undercutting you and your boss that keeps being just really pedantic and really hard work. You realise that your table is now full of people that you wouldn't describe as your friends. You would more likely describe them as your enemies. You're expecting me to share my platter with these people? I was kind of comfortable with the people that I'd invited into my world, but you want me to share my platter with my enemies? You see, for this love to be an unstoppable love, we have to understand that we don't just share with the people that we love, but we share, we choose to love our enemies. It says it right there in verses 20. It says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. What line is that? Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We have to choose to love our enemies. This dish called love for it to be unstoppable, not just a nice idea, not just a thing we hear about in fairy tales, not just a nice feeling that makes us flick our hair and get excited, but it's a feeling that says, hey, we're going to be an unstoppable love. In order for that to happen, we have to understand that love is not just for the people that are lovely, love are for the people who are my enemies. <laughs> Think about it, Jesus sat on the Last Supper, having a meal with someone who is right in the middle of betraying him. The person that was going to lead him to be murdered brutally on a cross, sat sharing a meal. Like, amazing. Amazing. We must love our enemies. I want to tell you a story. A few years ago, I, um, we were... Uh, 
there was this moment where a guy had moved into uh, the area and I wasn't happy about it because this guy was Mr. Bad News. Mr. Bad News came and sat on our table and this Mr. Bad News had started uh, uh, behaving in a way that was uh, getting some young people that I love um, into some trouble. He was uh, living a way in which was trying to get these guys to do some bad things on his behalf and it was really troubling me and I was getting really wound up about the fact that this guy had come into my neighborhood and made my boys do things that I didn't want them to do. It was going to ruin their life. It was going to wreck their life. And so Mr. Bad News had moved in and I was mad about it. And at this time, uh, Maya was quite young and I would, um, in order to get her to sleep every day, I'd have to take her for a walk in the pram. But this became my time with Jesus, where I'd just have it out of him. Just tell him all the things I was feeling. Uh, Most of the time it was negative, but I don't know what that says about my situation at that time. But I would just be really real with God and just be like, if I'm really struggling with something, I'm going to tell him and I'm just going to talk it out with him as I'm walking for miles to try and get my beloved daughter to sleep. And um, as I was walking this day and I was just talking to him about Mr. Bad News, I was like, and he's doing my head in. I can't believe it. How does he think that he can come in and do this? And blah, 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 really, really wound up. And I felt God say to me, uh, look at Maya. The amount that you love your daughter Maya is the amount that I love him in all his mess, in all his mistakes, in all this corruption, and all the stuff that is going on. That's how much I love him. So how about you start praying for him like you pray for Maya. How about you start to uh, bless him like you bless Maya? How about you start to pour your heart out and speak the best over him, speak life over him, speak amazing truth over him, speak my promises over him like you do your daughter and see what I will do. And I stopped with the pram. And I was like, are you actually having a laugh, God? I don't want to do that. I'm angry. I want you to say, yeah, come on, let's get him together. I will smite him. But that's not my God. That's not my God. And so I was like, right, okay, I better suck it up because this will be easier if we just get it over and done with. And as I was walking, I just started to pray for this guy and speak truth over him, speak blessing over him, that everything he puts his hand to would be great. And all of these things just started speaking life over this guy. And do you know what? Two things happened. One thing is this. I learned that the chef is always faithful. (laughs) I learned that the chef was always faithful. And that guy actually moved out of the area. But you know what? Actually, that wasn't, by the end of this whole time, that wasn't what I wanted the answer to be. Because by this point, God had changed my heart. God had changed my heart. I love this guy. I want to see God's best for him. I'm not going to rest until I see him on his knees saying, Jesus, I love you and show me your love. And that he gets to experience this incredible, amazing dish called love that you and I get to experience. Because it changed me. It changed me. So I wonder today, are you, a, are you a person that is sat and you've looked up and you can see some enemies sat around you? Perhaps you're the person who's having trouble at work and it's really, really difficult. What practical way can you bless them? Just as Jesus says, do not overcome uh, evil by being evil, but overcome it with being good. What can you do? Is there, is there a couple that keep having babies left, right and centre and you're still waiting for your miracle to happen? 
Is there somebody at work that's being a nightmare? Is there, is there a person that's walked out on you and your family and now they're suddenly interested? In, oh, is that you? Are you struggling with your enemies today? Are you feeling the weight of the en- enemies that surround you today? But God is calling you to say, hey, I'm going to overcome evil by doing good. I'm going to close the gap. I'm going to love my enemies. I'm going to love the people that confront me, that make it really difficult for me. I'm going to think of practical ways that I can help them. I'm going to go and offer to go and do that person's washing that's got a thousand kids. I'm going to do something at work. I'm going to just take cakes in and bless my boss until he can't stand it anymore. What is it today? Because that's what unstoppable love looks like. You see, when we order a dish called love, we order an unstoppable love. That isn't something I just receive, it's something that I share. Something that I expand with forgiveness and share, even with a table full of enemies. That is unstoppable love. And And it might not quite arrive at the table as you expected. You might look up like my sister and say, oh, When I chose love, Jesus, I didn't really think that it was going to arrive quite like this. I didn't realise that I needed to put the salt shaker down. I didn't realise that I needed to understand it was a sharing platter. I didn't realise I needed a side order of forgiveness. I didn't realise that I even had to invite enemies to my table. But when we get our head around this, when we choose to trust the chef, you will understand that the chef is faithful and to be trusted. Let's pray. If you're in the room today, I want you just to stand to your feet and start to pray for your enemies. To picture them in your mind and at home today, I want you to start to picture those people that confront you as we pray this morning. And and if you are a person that says, hey, I just need to experience God's love. I'm believing that as I pray right now and as this room prays with me, you're going to experience love like never before. That's going to make you put down those fear-based habits and leave the salt shaker there and receive this pure love that Jesus has for you. Father God, we just thank you that you're in this place and in every home right now. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us, that you went so far to show us just how much you love us, that you you moved heaven and earth in order for us to receive this love that you have for us. And right now, we choose to receive a dish called love. We, We choose to have a sincere love, a real love, and we choose to devote ourselves to one another. And right now, we choose to come out of our comfort zone and to share this sharing platter with our enemies. We pray for them right now. I pray, God, that you would bless that guy that is hard work for me. I pray that you would bless that family. I pray that you would bless that colleague. I pray that you would give them abundantly more than they could ever ask, seek, or imagine. I pray, Lord Jesus, that there would be revival in their house, that there would be love in their house, that God, right now, you would reveal to them through your power a love like they have never experienced before because, God, you love them. Though they feel like an enemy to me. You love them. Would you give us your heart for those people? Would you give us your heart? Would you help us to see through your eyes the balance of flavours that you are supposed to put together on that plate? That we would trust you, Jesus, and that we would see this unstoppable love wreck our lives, and we would see this unstoppable love wreck the community around us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.